You're listening to The Recovered Life Show, the show that helps people in recovery live their best recovered lives. And here is your host, Damon Frank. And welcome back to The Recovered Life Show. Happy 4th of July, everybody. It's Monday, July 4th, 2022. How you doing, Christina Dennis? I am doing wonderful, Damon Frank. How are you? I am doing well. It's another episode of the Recovered Live Show. I am thrilled to be with everybody today. I know you are as well. You even we even have the red, white, and blue going on today. We did it. We did it. It's one of the it's it's a fun holiday, and I love dressing up. and And red is not normally something I wear, so for today, I decided to flash it out a little bit. How about you? I, you got big. You know plans? what? I I actually right when you said that, I thought you know what? I had a Fourth of July shirt I could have worn. <laughs> this is the this is the biggest challenges of being a podcast host, right? Is <laughs> did I wear the right shirt? Uh, yes, uh, you know we're we're spending it with family this year, which I'm thrilled Good. about. People that we haven't seen. Uh, since the COVID uh, epidemic, you know, so exactly. it's good kind of getting back to normal. But, you know, the world is still in a really crazy place, Christina. It really is. And, and you know, I'm not sure if there ever will be a normal. I think this is what you would call the new normal, maybe a little more contentment. I don't know. It's pretty tricky times. But, you know, I I love summer and I love what Fourth of July uh, uh means to me as a person and also being a sober person. But before we get into the freedom, I want to remind everybody, come join us over at the Recovered Life app, info.recoveredlife.us. It's completely free, the membership. Continue to like, share, follow, and give us some ideas of what you would like to discuss. If you join the community, we have this wonderful system where we are able to volley back and forth, and there's so much out there for you to support you. So don't forget to check us out at info.recoveredlife.us. Oh, thanks so much yeah. for mentioning that. You know, they get so much with this free membership. You mm -hmm. get emails about exclusive content, free access to both you and I, Christina, on the Volley app, the daily drink. And I have to tell you, you know, I took a week off for a vacation, for a family yes. vacation, which I rarely do. And I didn't do the daily drink every day. I just did a couple of them and I missed it. And I had people didn't you? from the community. Yeah, I had people from the community sending me volleys and messages saying, hey, when's the daily drink coming back? So I'm glad now that we've been doing that every day for, for, for the additional week. So definitely, if you're not a member, join us there. Christina, a good topic today. We're talking about freedom from addiction. You know, today is the 4th of July. Everybody talks about freedom, about being free. Yes. But sometimes we don't appreciate enough you know, our personal and political freedoms to be able to do things in the world, right? The being right. Americans, we don't appreciate enough also the freedom that we have from being recovered from really a hopeless state of mind and body. So, so true. And I think it's one of the most beautiful things that we do over here at Recovered Life is that we remind people that, first of all, when I was out there, when I was out there, holidays like this were so tormented, right? Because it felt like it was a license to behave any way I wanted to. But of course, me being the alcoholic that I was would overshoot and end up being, you know, passed out or doing something humiliating, you know, having to kind of piece it together the next day. And I do remember just that that torment. And what I think is so important that we share here, since the topic is freedom, that we're actually 
that you actually are gaining freedom if you're willing to surrender to sobriety. Now, I didn't know that. I want to continue to shout it from the rooftops for as long as I can be on this earth, because what this holiday does for me specifically is it reminds me of what it used to be like. You know, I get to see people struggling, behaving in a way that that they maybe wish that they weren't behaving. And I get to remember that I wasn't the type of drinker that could just go have one or two at a block party. That was never my deal. That's what I tried to start doing. Do you remember this ever? Where at first, yeah, at first I just went for it. I just got sloppy drunk. And then of course that was signed off to, I'm new at this. I didn't eat enough. You know, all of the stuff that we tell ourselves. And then alcohol became its own kind of jail to me. You know, like when we were looking at doing this episode and we were saying, you know, what would a great topic for the fourth would be freedom. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, one of the things that when I looked back and I was thinking about this and preparing for this episode, I realized, you know, look, there's so much stuff going on when you are actively addicted. One is there's the physical addiction, right? And Mm -hmm. this is funny because everybody who's an alcoholic and in recovery looks back and say, wow, I really underestimated how much actually I was physically addictive. So you have that going on. You're trapped. You're not free when you've got a plan when your next drink is. Then you yes. have this whole emotional thing that's going on, the, this this thinking thing that's going on, trying to talk yourself out of reality is kind of what you're saying. It's like yes. the reality is, is I can't stop drinking and then I'm addicted to it and I'm not free, but yet our mind is telling us at the same time, no, this is just a phase. You're really free by being able to do this, right? Yes. You're not trapped. Keep going. Everything's going to be fine. These people are total wusses. Don't listen to Mm -hmm. what they're saying. Right. So you have this and you realize now, you know, now that I've been sober several decades, I look back on that. And then, of course, you know, you and I work with people who are actively addicted, right, and are trying to get clean. And we realize, like, I look at it, Christina, I was like, wow, man, I was so trapped back then. I was I was anything but free. Yes. So see, sobriety is liberating. And I didn't know that. And what you're describing and I call it terror because that's what it felt like to me. Complete terror. I couldn't live with it and I couldn't live without it. And I had no idea how to handle it. I had no idea how to stop it. I was so physically addicted that if I partaked in one, I was definitely going to go to blackout regardless of how much I planned. The pressure of, you know, drink a glass of water in between each one. None of that worked. And there was this knowing. And I think that a lot of people who have um, who maybe are in active addiction, this might speak to them. There's this knowing that time is, you know, the end is coming near. There is this I mean, we now know that it's actually a physical product of alcohol. I mean, everybody knows it's depressive. It's a depressive, but we don't really know that our body actually flushes us full of, you know, negative types of emotions to kind of counteract the dopamine and negative chemical. But that knowing that it's coming to the end, that there is something wrong with the way I'm drinking, but I cannot see a a time in my life that I could not have a drink. And that is prison. Yeah. And, you know, I think one of the things about freedom that's confusing for people is that when they first get into recovery or maybe even years later, they're like, Mm -hmm. you know, it may be their life isn't working out like they had planned. So they associate being free 
with everything going their way. I know I have right. at the bit, yes. but that's not freedom. That's no. not freedom, right? For, no, freedom no. Is the ability to really be able to, to really the ability to be able to, to, to be able to take action. Not that all the actions you take are going to be perfect and that you're going to feel perfect all the time. That is not being free. No, no, that's a pipe dream. And we've talked many times on this show about how, you know, we define happiness versus joy versus accomplishment. And I don't believe that you're free just because your life has no problems, because I just don't believe that's possible. And we know plenty of people who have the money or they have the relationship or they have all of it that are still struggling with everything that we need to learn in sobriety to be free. Having true self-reliance and reliance on a power greater than yourself is, is freedom. It is freedom. Knowing that you're one of many, knowing that the world isn't depending on you, knowing that you have intrinsic value because you showed up, not because of what you did. That these are the lessons that we learn in sobriety. And many people will say this, and, and, and I think maybe it takes a little bit of time hopefully not too much time for you to understand that you will give up everything for one thing. If you keep drinking alcoholically and you don't surrender, but if, but once you do surrender, you give up one thing for everything. And there is complete freedom to have bad days, good days, to be in your body. You have choice. When I was drinking, the opportunity to have choice was taken from me. Well, we think getting sober is taking that choice away. Well, you're you're reducing my choices. Right. I'm less free if I can't drink. But that's but I'm I'm telling you, anyone who's listening to this right now that's in active addiction or thinking, man, maybe alcohol is really what's going on. Because look, we get contacted all the time, Christina, with, with people who say, Well, I don't think I'm an alcoholic or I don't think I have an addiction problem mm -hmm. to drugs, but all these things are happening to me. It's that denial that's kicking in, right? It's saying, right. well, you know what? It's I'm going to be less than if I can't drink and use drugs. I'm going to be less. I'm going to be less free. I, I found yes. that not to be the case. No, it isn't. But it is a paradox, isn't it? That we take away this choice, but we make the choice to stay sober. We make the choice to surrender. And it does give us freedom from the obsession, which is something that they talk about in the big books of Alcoholics Anonymous. And whether you're a 12 stepper or not, whether you want to believe you're an alcoholic or not, uh, we all know, and I think we're getting closer and closer to this being a true knowledge that alcohol doesn't really help any situation. You know, it's it may eventually, I'm going to say something controversy, but I think in 100 years, people are going to look back and say, why did you ever drink? That doesn't make sense. I could be wrong, but we know the health implications. And so I asked that person who says, it's not a big deal. It's no big deal if I have a drink or two, knowing that that if they're concerned about it and it's really no big deal, then why not give it up? Why not? Well, try? I would even say I would even say even a step further. One of the reasons I think that people drink and they drink alcoholically, even though they know that they are an alcoholic and they know it's mm -hmm. killing them, is that they really can't handle being free. Because mm -mm. handling being free means is you'd have to live in the here and now. And that's wow. something definitely that most alcoholics don't want to do. No, no, nobody does, right? I mean, it's just well more pronounced in alcoholics or people who have addiction or substance abuse disorder. It's so scary to live in the here and now. But we don't want to... If I could convince, if I could give somebody who's trying to decide or 
fighting or resisting that surrender just a week, you know, without having this monkey on their back, with having the freedom, I feel like we could, we could, you know, people would just give it up and say, okay, because it's hard to explain. And I think one of the things that we try to do in recovered life is show people you can have a big, beautiful life without alcohol. You can have a big, beautiful life because you gave up alcohol. It is the ticket to your freedom and having better relationships, feeling good in your skin, feeling free to make choices. And it's, you know, if it's quote, no big deal, then, then why not experiment? Right. We've done shows Absolutely. about that where the world is starting to experiment with sobriety. And I know recovered life is really about addiction, but I so wish there was a way that you and I could bottle it up and say, trust me, just trust me and surrender because your life will be beautiful. Well, I want to, you know what, Christina, after this quick break here, I want to talk about the steps that people could take. If they're listening to this right now and saying, you know what, man, I'm not free. I mm -hmm. am addicted and that I just, I can't get out of this. I'm not free. The steps that people could take to get freedom from yes. being addicted. Okay. So we're going to discuss that when we come back after this really quick break. If you are newly sober, trying to get sober, or you've been sober for decades and are looking to take your sobriety to the next level, the recovery breakthrough six week transformation concierge coaching program might be right for you. Have Damon Frank and Christina Dennis build a custom roadmap to get you on the path to getting what you really need. Receive hands-on concierge coaching and stay focused and productive with our daily check-ins. If you're ready to experience your recovery breakthrough and start the journey towards the transformation you deserve, book a free get-to-know-you call today and find out what is possible in your recovery. To find out more about Recovery Breakthrough and to book your free call, go to recoveredlife.us. That's recoveredlife.us. You're listening to The Recovered Life Show. Okay, Christina, we're talking about freedom here. We're yes. talking about freedom from addiction. How do you do it? You know, if somebody's listening to this and saying, you know what, man, I'm not free. I'm trapped. I have to plan my next drink. I have to plan mm -hmm. my next drug. Maybe it's codependency mm -hmm. they're trapped in, right? Which I know yes. you deal with a lot of codependency. What would you tell people the first step to do if they feel that they're not free? Get some help. Get some help from people who've done it, please. Don't do it alone. You don't have to. You don't have to. I couldn't have done it alone. And you, you, you know, if you're struggling, raise your hand and say, help. And be just the tiny bit willing, right, to listen to somebody else's idea. You know, I, I, I remember being in, in rooms many years ago where old timers would say, I want more than anything to for you to have desperation. <laughs> and I remember I used to think that was so mean, right? Like, what are you talking about? But now I see it because it's so much more painful to watch somebody uh, still have something left over to keep fighting. So my first thing with everybody is get some help. There is a huge yeah. community out there that can jump in and help. 
Well, you know what? I think one of the problems is with people getting into recovered life to a recovered life, Christina, mm -hmm. is that they want to take a bite of the whole elephant. And I think that they look at the landscape and they look at people, they look at people that they know are sober or they walk in a 12 step meeting, they, they look around or they look at that uncle or family friend or whatever that's sober or the counselor or the rehab and they make a judgment that they have to yes. swallow it all at one time. Nope. And that, that I found isn't true. There are things that I don't necessarily agree with or relate to in 12 step programs or in counseling or whatever hasn't been my personal experience. But yes. I think that the one thing is that that one little change, and we know the big, the precursor to transformation is willingness. Like mm -hmm. you said, is just to be willing to be able to listen that yes. maybe there's something that you don't know about yourself or about your situation or about your relationship with alcohol. Just that little bit of willingness. I don't have to buy that I've got to go to a meeting every day or have mm -hmm. to have this sponsor or go to this therapy or this rehab just to be willing to be open to say, you know what, let me look at this objectively. Maybe alcohol and drugs really is my problem. Oh, you bring up such a good point. It's one of my favorite things when I work with people. And, you know, I've heard it called spiritual flexibility. And I believe that that is what I will always be working on. And what you're describing is just willing to be willing to listen to somebody else's ideas or some other thought, right? We know that our brain is lazy and that is everybody's brain, right? It's it's an organ that is, is effectively going to try to find the quickest way to the end point, right? That is why we become physically addicted to alcohol because it's the best way to get dopamine above sex, food, shopping, money, everything, right? And that's why it is so highly addictive. And so when we have a brain that is telling us, no, you need this, this is what you need. You have to have dopamine to stay alive. You've got to get it this way. Uh, we don't have agency or know how to handle our own brains. They call it the disease brain. Back in the 30s, when the big book was written, they called it the phenomena of obsession. And we've seen neuroscience proven over and over again in some of the recovery techniques that are more well known now. And so that spiritual flexibility that maybe I'm wrong, I'm not saying you're right, but maybe I'm wrong. And there is some kind of new information out there that I can assimilate. I personally don't care if somebody never wants to refer to themselves as an alcoholic. If they want to call it something else, you know, substance abuse disorder. I, I know words have power, but if you don't have that flexibility inside of yourself or even just being willing, I always tell people start with the affirmation, I am changing and give your brain a little notice that really what you want is to change. Well, I think, you know, warning signs that addiction has you trapped are is that if you are unwilling to give it mm -hmm. up for a period of time to see, because I remember, look, I'm going to be honest with you. When I walked in, you know, I had a very interesting uh, introduction to yes. sobriety because I was at the end. I didn't really know any sober people. For me, I think it mm -hmm. was a God intervention. Literally yes. came in and just plopped me in the middle of a 12-step meeting when I had no desire to do that really at all. I, really? I wasn't seeking it out. No. So for me, it was kind of unusual. But you know, it's interesting. I remember very early on 
after a day, I knew I had to stop or I was going to die. So it was really? like, I stopped for 24 hours. And then I remember the next day kind of saying, well, do, do I really want to do this for the rest of my life? Can I just quit for a period of time? And I remember people telling me, and they said, you know, why are you fighting so hard on this? You just admit you almost killed yourself, right? Like, why are you fighting so hard? And I realized, wow, that's addiction right there. I'm fighting against reality. You know, yes. You know, George Snyder, who's a friend of the show and love him on several episodes. You know, he, he always tells me, he says, you know what, Damon? He said, uh, you know, if you've got a bunch of evidence and uh, problems that you can't solve, maybe it's a fact. Maybe it's just a fact. A problem that you can't solve is a fact. Like, you know what? I can't drink like a normal person. So for me, the understanding of, I knew something was wrong and I had to stop, but the understanding that I can't drink like my fellows really didn't come right away. It came no. later. Now I was lucky I didn't drink in the middle of that time. And that's what I think a good group or a good coach or a good therapist is going to allow you to be able to do is to give you a fighting chance, but yes. it's not going to come all at once. And my big question I always have, and I know when you and I work with people, Christina, it's like, why are you fighting so hard to defend the undefendable? Right. Right. And it's that it's that fear of being lost. It's every human's nature to want to know exactly where we are right at this moment. And we do this by looking in the past or looking in the future. And we use the information that we have to make a choice. Right. And so using somebody else's information, letting go of a little resistance and saying, you know what, I may I. I'm willing to just not drink today. I mean, I remember very much on the phone with that outpatient person when I first went to my employer and said that I thought I had a drinking problem with no knowledge of 12 steps or even long-term sobriety. All I knew was that I was tired and exhausted and it seemed to be tied up into drinking. You know, I, I had enough wherewithal to kind of attach it. And her saying, just don't drink today. And I thought she was crazy, right? Because I had I had periods of sobriety when I was on antibiotics where, you know, I could go seven days because I was more afraid of being sick, I guess. But when I went and I started hearing my story over and over again, and I started hearing the phenomena of craving described, and I started realizing that other people don't care you know, they're not nearly as uh, connected to it when they're going to get the next one. I kept hearing myself and hearing my stories and people over and over again. I started to realize there was no turning back. It was me. It was me yeah. inside of me. And I actually told my friends and family, this is me. And several of them didn't want to believe it. I was, you know, younger, 27 years old, still, you know, successful, still just a little wild. Oh, you just like to let loose. My dearest friend of all time was like, no, no, don't call yourself that. That's not what you are. And she didn't care if I drank or not. She was just so afraid of the word. And that's, that's where I think that, uh, you know, we still need to do some work on, on, um, on this shame around alcoholism. I love your strawberries uh, situation that you share. I just love that. Where if you if you broke out into hives every time you ate strawberries and your throat closed up, you would stop eating strawberries. Absolutely. And some of us, Absolutely. Yeah. And if we could just think about, I have an actual physical allergy to alcohol. It makes me 
throw up and and black out, <laughs> that's yeah, enough. Well, look, Christina, we know that alcoholism is a thinking problem. And, you know, people ask me, you know, we get, we, we work with families. They'll mm -hmm. ask us, well, how do we know if this is going to work? How do we know if there's going to be a transformation? How do we know? What are the signs, right? And I always say the first sign to somebody who's a chronic relapser, you know, mm -hmm. just chronically relapsing is the words, I don't know. For mm -hmm. them to finally say when, when really in a deep discussion of why did you pick up? Everything was going well. I, thought, I don't know. Hey, exactly. now that is some honesty because alcoholics really don't know. There isn't a deep thinking process mm -hmm. behind it. The thinking is warped in the relationship with alcohol, right? And it, it will is. always be warped. It will always be warped. And this is the thing that I found. But the, this, this whole, just even the admission of willingness to be able to get free is the, I don't know why I'm constantly relapsing. I thought I knew that it was mm -hmm. a self-control issue, but clearly I've tried the self-control me mechanisms and those haven't worked. And I'm going to now be honest to say, I don't have to say that I'm an alcoholic. I don't even have to say that I have a drinking problem, but it, it, at least if somebody could say, I don't know why I'm doing it. Yes. And I think I maybe need to explore that. There we go. There, there is that opening of willingness that's going to get you to the other openings that are going to need you to get you on the path of sobriety. Right. And it's such an, a human condition to believe that we're supposed to know something. You know, we talk about this a lot in our rooms on Clubhouse about perfectionism, about, you know, this this imposter syndrome. All of it goes back to shame. Right. And shame comes when when we think we're supposed to be doing something different, but we don't have any tools to do it right? We don't have any tools to do it. And so if there was no possibility of healing shame, I would feel it would feel terrible to take something away from somebody that helps self-medicate. Most people are using alcohol to self-medicate. Well, yeah. So well, look, I mean, Christina, you say it all the time when we work, when we look in the family unit, when there's generational alcoholism and codependency, yes. and then the, you know, the parent or the loved one might turn around and say, well, I don't know why Johnny can't stop drinking and why he's not honest about it is yes. and why he can't just say, I don't know. Well, mm -hmm. you know what? Generationally, the family wasn't able to not have an answer when dad or grandpa or grandma or aunt exactly. Matilda you know, went off, they, they couldn't be in a position where they didn't have the answer. Right. So th this is even more problematic, I think, with people that come in that want to get free, but they mm -hmm. really can't get honest at the end of the day. And if right. they can get honest, the worst thing that they could do was to tell somebody that they're powerlessness. Like I, I tell people all the time, man, I, I think recovery is just absolutely amazing. If we could ditch the powerlessness and unmanageability side of this, <laughs> And yes. maybe have a maybe have a cocktail every once in a while. Right. Really it would be great program here. But it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work. It like doesn't. That. It doesn't. And, and and I wish, like I said, you know, I always feel like sobriety. If you've seen those those videos uh, where somebody's been colorblind and they get those fancy glasses yeah. for the first time and they put them on and immediately the person starts to cry. Um, gaining sobriety, gaining this freedom will feel like that. It won't be in one shot, but I can tell you uh, that that first year when I started seeing how much I didn't have to worry, you know, I would catch myself having anxiety yeah. about going someplace. And then I would remember, oh, that's right. I don't have to worry about how I'm going to get home and how I'm going to pace myself and what I'm going to look like. I don't even have to go. It was, there was true freedom.
there is true freedom. Absolutely. Available. You know what? I'm so glad we're doing this because I'd sort of cut you up, but I'm so glad we're doing this because we don't talk about the freedom enough. Mm -hmm. You know, the fact of the matter that you and I didn't drink ourselves to death and that we know hundreds and thousands of people in recovery that were way worse off than we were and they're right. running around having great lives tells yes. anyone who's listening to this that isn't free that freedom is possible for you. And for it me, is. that's amazing. If you were to tell me that I would have been worried when I came in to, uh, to, to, to the whole sobriety game, right? When I came mm -hmm. into this whole thing. If that I would be thrilled that other people could get free, I would have laughed. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about, but it is the most amazing thing to help people break the chains of addiction and to actually truly live a free life. So, so true. And, and today, especially if you are new in recovery, get around your people, get on the phone with people, have a plan. I know 4th of July can be very slippery, especially that first year, but I'm here and, and Damon has even more time than I do. I've had 25 years, 25 4th of Julys that were awesome and so beautiful and no hangovers and no throwing up in the bushes and no phone calls the next day to see what I did and what I said and all the things that used to be part of my life. So I just want everybody well, I, to be safe. I've had, I've had some 4th of July's, Christina, that have been less than great, but the fact uh -huh. of the matter is they were still amazing because yes. over the last you know several decades, I have not been drunk. I have not been enslaved. I've not had to wake up and worry. It's like, oh my God, I got to drink something. Where's it going to be? How much am I going to have? Are people going to notice? That yes. is slavery. You want to yes. be free from that. So guys, I'm just saying, if you're listening to this and you want to know more, go to recoveredlife.us because we share there a lot of resources that have to do with new people that are coming in that want to be free. And of course, you can always connect with us if you join the Recovered Life community. Christina, amazing episode. Any last 4th of July wishes for anybody? Uh, freedom is, is available for you to take. It is. Absolutely. Be free. Be free. Everybody have a happy and healthy 4th of July. We'll see you guys on the next episode. All right. Bye. Keep the conversation going. Join Recovered Life, a community of like-minded people who are looking to live their best recovered lives. Membership is free, and you can apply at recoveredlife.us.